So this morning, I'm really excited. Uh, we get as a church to kind of uh, rally around uh, global missions today. So uh, global missions is one of the, the departments that I personally oversee. And uh, man, my, my heart uh, burns for global missions. I love seeing how the, war, the, the Lord uh, works around the world and how he uses different uh, communities uh, to spread the gospel in unique ways and how he lays specific things on people's hearts to reach specific communities with the gospel. I just love uh, seeing the church globally come together because we all have our unique things, right? Like not every church has a deer head as the logo, <laughs> you know, like not every church uh, like works the way that our specific church works. And when you get into different uh you know, parts of the world and, and you, you have places where they, they don't really have, uh, you know, maybe a, resources to build a, a physical building. You see them utilize, uh, you know, trees to meet under. And we get, like, we have a barn and, you know, I've seen churches in movie theaters. And I just love that the Lord kind of orchestrates different churches in their own unique fashion to reach the people in their community. I love how the Lord has rallied the people in this church to reach the people that we're reaching. And I love that he allows us to be a part of what's going on around the world. Uh, and so today we're gonna hear from a few different people. Uh, I'm gonna have a few different people join us on stage here in a minute, uh, a few of which have gone uh, on mission trips this year. So we're gonna hear from all of the people, not all of the people, but all of the trips a representative from each trip that was sent this year in 2022. And then we're gonna hear from a few representatives uh, of the, the mission partners that we have. And we'll talk all about what that looks like here at Legacy, you know, how we choose partners and stuff here in a few minutes. But uh, I wanna really just open this whole thing by talking about why missions? <laughs> why, do, why do we serve overseas? Why do we serve uh, not even just overseas, but in other parts of the, the country? Like, why do we go to other places to spread the gospel? And to talk about that, I wanna open to uh, a, a passage of scripture that many of you most likely are familiar with. It's something when you hear missions, uh, many people refer to this scripture, and, and I don't wanna neglect the fact that this is an urge from Jesus himself. I wanna read this scripture, and it's a scripture that happens uh, after the death of Jesus, right? So, so Jesus died on the cross, and kind of as, you know, this is a spoiler alert for Easter, but Jesus was resurrected from the dead, right? Like he didn't stay in the, in the grave, he was resurrected. And it's what we just took communion for, to remember that the whole thing, that Jesus sacrificed himself for our sin. And we in turn have this uh, urge from him to go and tell. And I wanna read in Matthew 28, uh, verses 16 through 20 here, the Great Commission. You know, you've heard that. You've heard the, the word, the Great Commission, before. I want to read the Great Commission. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And this is where we get the commission here. Go therefore. Because, because all authority has been given to me, go therefore 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we go and when we tell, we're not going and telling uh, by our own power. We have the authority of Jesus backing us. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. We, you know, it's very natural. We have fears when we're telling people about Jesus, right? It, it's uncomfortable. Uh, often we find ourselves in a, in a place where it's like, you know, this, this is kind of challenging to, to my persona, right? To, to step out and tell somebody about Jesus. It can be a little bit challenging or embarrassing. We might face a little bit of anxiety because of maybe the, the social dynamic of telling somebody about Jesus. But what we have here is, is Jesus saying he's with us always to the end of age. We have the power of the one who was, who was nailed to the cross, who died and was resurrected from the dead. We, like the, his power is within us as we go and as we tell. He's with us. And I wanna uh, move on to, to Acts really quick. Um, this isn't really an exegetical sermon today uh, because of kind of the nature of what we're talking about, but we'll jump back into a new series, I think, next week and uh, come, come back for that because it's gonna be really good. Um, but I wanna read Acts because uh, what we hear, um, you know, we're, we're called to go and, and, and tell all nations about Jesus, right? But I think that the author of Acts um, paints a little bit, uh, a similar picture, but with a different um, lens, right? So same, same sort of time frame, right? Jesus died, he was resurrected, he appeared before his disciples, and he had this interaction with them, and the author of Acts recorded it in this way. Acts 6, I'm sorry, Acts 1, 6 through 11. It says, and when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. It's like, don't worry, don't worry about when. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go. So again, we will receive power by the Holy Spirit and be the witnesses of Jesus in, Je in Jerusalem and in, in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In, in other words, we will be the witnesses of Jesus in, in Rutgersville, we'll be the, the witnesses of Jesus in, in central Virginia and uh, on the East Coast uh, in America and, and to the ends of the earth all around the globe. We have this urged by Jesus to go and tell people about him. But here's the deal. It, it, it's, it, we're, we're called to participate in missions everywhere, right? We're not solely called to participate in global missions. 
That's not our only urge from Jesus to go to the furthest places to spread the gospel. But simultaneously, we're not solely called to participate in local missions. We're not only called to participate here. We're called to, to spread the gospel here and there and, and over there, like in all parts of the globe. And here's the cool thing about serving, about telling people about Jesus. It's, it's that we have authority, right? Now here, my brain is spinning in different ways, but I wanna talk about this for just a second. So when it comes to local missions, oftentimes we depend on the organization of the church to organize the outreach event. Now, we do organize outreach events and we have outreach opportunities. We have local mission partners, but we also have at our disposal as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we have the ability to do outreach without the church organizing the outreach. Does that make sense? Now, what I'm not, here's what I am, okay. I'm trying to make it not confusing. We should have the church's backing, okay? So it's not like we do it without the church's backing. What I'm, what I'm saying is we don't need the church always to be the organizer of the outreach, right? So we have at our fingertips the ability to reach out to people. We can, outreach is simple. We complicate it. Outreach is simple. It's doing something for somebody. It's, it doesn't have to even be somebody who's not a Christian. Outreach and serving can look like caring for a neighbor who goes to another church but can't necessarily do something physically like rake up the leaves in their yard and we can come in and help them. Outreach can look like seeing a, an, an unbelieving coworker and saying, man, I'm gonna invite you to dinner. Will you just come to dinner with me? That can be outreach. Outreach doesn't have to always be. Now, it will and can be and is organized uh, events, but it doesn't always have to be. We have the ability to change people's lives for eternity simply by inviting them to dinner, simply by knocking on the neighbor's door and saying, is there something that I can do for you? Or maybe even just doing something for somebody, you know, a family member or a friend or, you know, somebody who has a need or guess what? Maybe they don't even have a need, but outreach looks like just bringing them a plate of cookies just because you felt the spirit stirring in you to be joyful to that person, to do something nice for that person. And those little things can lead to life change, permanent life change for eternity if we're consistent. I know stories of people who have gone to the same restaurants week after week have had the same wait staff and that wait staff has has you know decided hey I'm going to start coming to your church because you've been very generous to me you've been nice to me that's outreach i remember when i moved to colorado uh the the lord laid it on my heart to get a job somewhere where I'm in the community meeting people. So, because what I did is I went and helped start a church in Colorado and, and, and the Lord laid it on my heart, hey, get a job somewhere where you're gonna meet a lot of people and just befriend people and maybe some people will start coming to the church. And so I got a job at a coffee shop and through working that coffee shop, I had so many regulars and I remember the day that we launched, there was one specific girl who was an atheist, but she said, I, 
like, you're just a nice guy. I'm, you're excited about this thing. I wanna be a part of it. And, so, and that's outreach. Outreach is doing stuff for people. Outreach is, is having an agenda to lead somebody nearer to Jesus. And so we have awesome uh, local outreach partners, right? We have like Feeding Green and, and we do the, um, you know, we work with Restore. That event is this Saturday. I encourage you to go to that. We have you know, the backpack program and Tuesday's table and coming up in the winter time, every winter we do these legacy boxes and all of these outreaches are awesome and we'll, we'll continue to do them. But we have at our disposal the ability to care for people and to lead people into the presence of Jesus by serving. And it's not as complicated as sometimes we make it. And it's similar with global missions, right? So we're called to local missions, we're called to serve our communities, but we're also called to participate in what's going on around the world in terms of missions. And it's something that the Lord has laid on Legacy's heart to participate in different parts of the globe. And I'm gonna tie this all together at the very end. We're gonna hear from people in a minute. Um, but what I wanna say really quick is similar to what I was just talking about with local missions. We also have the same abilities and it gets a little more, um, it's a little more, uh, I guess, maybe fearful because there are like travel um, logistics and different things that we have to, to figure out when it comes to global missions. But we, as a church, uh, have organized different uh, global mission trips. And those papers are on your seat. They'll tell you all about the trips coming up in 2023, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so we, we will continue to organize mission trips. It's something that the Lord has kind of woven into the DNA of Legacy Church. But we also have the ability to go. If the Lord lays a place on your heart, if the Lord lays a, a people group on your heart, you don't have to, we don't have to let the church organize in order for us to go. Again, we have the backing of the church, but we go if the Lord lays something on our heart. I, I think specifically about uh, Lee Yost. I think she's here. Um, I don't know. Lee Yost goes to our church. She, uh, in 2021, when everything was kind of shut down, you know, we kind of took a pause on global missions just because of all the logistics, it was hard to, to navigate all of that. Well, Lee said, hey, we're going to Mexico. And so she, she texted a few friends and some people from Legacy went to Mexico. I think about uh, Missy Berry. Missy's here. You'll hear from her in a minute. Missy and, and Stephanie used to come to Legacy. Um, they, they said a few years ago, hey, the Lord is leading us to go to Nepal. And they went to Nepal. You know what? We have the ability, if the Lord lays a people group or a place on our heart, we have the ability to go. And I would love, as the Global Missions Director at Legacy, to help connect you to different partners that we have, to different people around the globe. If there is a specific region on your heart, I would love to connect you with those people uh, in order for you to have like an avenue to get somewhere that the Lord lays on your heart. Um, but for the sake of uh, time, I wanna invite the, the, I don't know, people. <laughs> the people, come on up. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> yep, come on up. Um, let's see, Steve and Erica and Steve and Erica sit here. Everybody else sit here. Yeah, go on over there. Hold on, we're missing something. Hold on a second. Who are we missing? 
Oh, Matt. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do. Oh, man, I forgot what we talked about right before service. What we're going to do is I'm gonna turn your attention to the screen for a minute. Um, we're gonna hear, so these guys are here representing our global mission partners. And I'm gonna talk about uh, what it looks like to partner and stuff like that here in a second. Um, but what I wanna do is start by hearing from these guys, but I wanna turn your attention to the screen because our Columbia uh, representative wasn't able to be here, but he sent a video in to kind of give a little bit of an update on the ministry. So turn your attention and then we're gonna continue on with our service here. Legacy Church, greetings to you. We're so glad to be a part of your missions Sunday. My name is Brandon Hill. This is my wife. Hi, Daisy Hill. And we are communicating in Colombia, South America. And we're from the ministry called Crisalinco, which Daisy's father founded 40 plus years ago here in Colombia. And it stands for Christ Saving the Indigenous of Colombia, Crisalinco. I wanted to start out with a Bible verse that um, I have for you. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I understand that Legacy is involved in other missions uh, in other areas of the world and also there locally in Virginia. So I just wanted to say an encouraging word that no matter where you are working, whether it be locally or Colombia or any other part of the world, just know that your labor is not in vain and keep doing the good work because people are hearing the message and people's lives are being changed. Amen. Well, we wanted to give a report a little bit about what's going on. We wanted to mention that after the last small group that was here from Legacy, um, that was a very impactful trip. I'm sure that you've heard from, from them on yourselves uh, how the trip went. But um, we wanted to talk a little bit about how legacy has impacted uh, us here in Colombia working with Crisalinco um, and specifically related to that trip. Um, before we, we went to visit this, this, this community in the mountains, uh, they were uh, discouraged um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, one of the reasons is that, you know, they have to gather in hiding, unfortunately, at this time, and they're not able to uh, gather freely, openly, and so forth, um, and many other reasons. But after the trip, uh, we had a very, a very successful trip. We had a very good trip together going there. They were uh, very encouraged. They were very encouraged with our visit there, with our presence there. Um, you know, the, the community leaders were very glad that we had come. The traditional leaders there uh, were very happy that we had come. 
Um, we are excited to say we still have an open door to go back there and that's a big deal. So that was very important for us. Um, we have spoken with some of the Christian leaders in that community uh, after that trip and they reported uh, those things to us. Also, we are doing a follow-up visit to that place or close by for the, the, the Christians there in that group, in that community. And we'll be going into that area, Lord willing, uh, before the year is out um, to do some follow-up uh, Bible training with them. We did have uh, a handful of them come here to where we are uh, a couple of months ago. The first week of August. First week of August. And we had them here for about a week. And we were able to do some Bible training with them. Um, you know, they don't have a foundation in Christianity. So um, we, we did a lot of basic training, which was very good. They enjoyed it. And then we also um, uh, trained on a topic uh, that they were struggling with, and that is the Trinity. And they were very happy to have uh, been in that training. I know that helped them a lot from, uh, from their feedback to us. So uh, also I wanted to mention that just yesterday or the day before, we have a new missionary here where we are, uh, and she has come uh, all the way from Mexico. And uh, we're very excited to have her here. She's gonna be part of our, uh, our little team here where we are in Colombia. And so uh, that's gonna be a big help and a big support to us because we could probably use eight or 10 more people and still have plenty of work to go around. So if any of you there <laughs> would like to come here, we have work for you to do. Well, we wanna thank uh, Legacy um, has taken several trips now here to Colombia and each trip has been impactful in different ways. Um, another way that it impacts is it impacts us because it gives us like a boost to keep working and keep uh, being diligent in the work. So we wanna thank you Legacy for all the support you've given us in the past and the support that um, I know you're planning on uh, doing in the future. We appreciate you, we love you. So that was our Columbia partner. Um, and I wanna continue on with our partner uh, introductions. So if you guys could let us know uh, which partner you're representing and just like a kind of brief snapshot of what happens with your ministry. <laughs> sure. um, my name is Erica and I work with Zara House in West Virginia. And you said a brief snapshot? Yeah. Okay. So we are... Uh, working to establish a safe home for women who have escaped sex trafficking in West Virginia and Southern West Virginia. And it's been a long process, but incredibly amazing journey uh, that the Lord has provided. We've been renovating a home and you all have come and helped with that, which has been awesome. And God really, like, we don't have the skills to do the things, you know, but God always sends the people to do the work because um, he's awesome like that, right? Um, so it's been an incredible journey these last few years and we're just excited to see what the Lord's got next. And now we're done renovating the house. 
We also tore down the garage because it was nasty. Um, so for lack of a better word, um, and renovating that. But now we're just in the process of hiring staff and continual fundraising. So we are a, a debt-free organization and all of our support is through like partnerships or individuals. So a lot of fundraising. Yeah, so. awesome. Thanks. My name is Steve, and I'm representing Bread of Life Africa, which is a mission organization that reaches out to the unreached people groups of northern Kenya and South Sudan. Um, Bread of Life Africa has been uh, doing ministry in that area for at least 20 years, um, if not longer. And uh, it's just been incredible to see what, what God has done there. Um, it's uh, gone from one outreach to a small village to a uh, missions base that is just continuing to reach out to the, the next furthest out village. Um, and it truly is unreached people groups um, that we're reaching out to there. There's um, there's folks there that never heard the name of Jesus, never had the opportunity to read a Bible or, or hear anything about the gospel. So it's just a, an awesome opportunity to really take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, and so it's been uh, a great, great organization for my wife and I to be a part of for the last 12 years, I think, yeah. That's awesome. And you were on like the original team, right, that went? Yeah, yeah, we spent our second wedding anniversary in Kenya kind of on the original team um, to, to build uh, kind of our forward operating base, I guess, for the missions there. Um, so there's there's a town called Lodwar, and then a three-hour drive into the middle of nowhere from there uh, was kind of the first outreach we went. Uh, and, and on that trip, we built um, a building that was going to serve as a church, and then during the week was going to be a school for the kids um, that we were going to get sponsored. And uh, that turned into not just a church but and a school, but a kind of an operating base to reach out to the next uh, village down the road. Um, so we found out these people, you know, they're walking to church, and so uh, if it's further than a couple hours walk, they're not coming to church, and so we need to continue to reach out uh, further and further because they, they can't come to us. And so, yeah, we, we were able to build that church, and I was able to go back a few years ago and just see that what God had done in that, that place, and is really, um, God's really at work there, so. That's awesome. Erica, can you tell me, so like when we send a, a mission team to the Zero House, how is that beneficial? Uh, like how does it help you guys at all, if it does? It definitely does, <laughs> <laughs> if it helps. Um, yeah, I mean, well, like I said just a minute ago, like we don't have the, the necessarily the skills. We are a very small organization, you know, kind of grassroots, still getting up and going. And um I have a lot of administrative skills, which are not useful in building. Um, so <laughs> with renovating this house, you know, um, God just has been blessing us and like sending teams. It's, it's so funny because, you know, we'll have a list of projects of the different things that we need to get done. We're like, well, we don't know if the people coming know how to do this. And sure enough, like they know exactly how to do all the different little things that we've got planned. And um, so it's, it's very beneficial in helping us along because all of the work on the house and the gardens and everything, it's all been through volunteers. So we've not paid any contractors or anything like that. So um, it's really just a beautiful picture of the kingdom working together. And, uh, you know, we rely on the Lord providing, and he always does, and he does that by sending groups. And it's so encouraging to us and just fellowshipping and getting to know the people that come and they really become like family to us. And, you know, some have been several times and um, yeah, it's just such a blessing to, to all of us there. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Steve, I'm curious um, for you, what, 
over the years, I know you've, you've like went really early on and you've been somewhat recently. Um, what's been like a uh, commonality in all the trips that's something that you would take and say, man, people need to come and be a part of this because <laughs> it's always happening. Sure. Um, one of the, uh, our, our old pastor used to say, um, don't go somewhere and ask God to bless what you're doing, but figure out where God is blessing and ask him if you can be a part of it. And I think that's been the story of, uh, of Bread of Life Africa. Every time we go there, it's clear that God's hand is on those people. And when we share the gospel, it's not a, well, forget about it, we don't need you guys, or it's not a, oh, this seems weird. It's a, yeah, of course, somebody created all this. Please tell me who he is. We would love to come and worship this God that you know. Um, and so every time we go, it's just, it's unbelievable to see that, that God's moving in that place and it's not a, I'm not gonna say it's not hard work, <laughs> um, but it's, it's always, a, 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 the, the harvest is, is plentiful there and it's just awesome to see, uh, you know, if we, if we, God calls us to go and be one of the harvesters to go and be a part of it, there's always fruit. Uh, and it's just always, always encouraging to see God moving and, uh, and to see his word fall on, um, on fruitful soil. So it's just, it's great every time we go. That's awesome. So let's bounce over to these guys. We'll come back to you. Um, I want to hear from each of you which trip you went on and what's just one big takeaway. And I, I, I prefaced by saying you guys need to keep it short because, you know, there's a lot of cool details, but. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll try to keep it short. That's not my, that's not my specialty, but uh, uh, I, uh, my name's Eric, and I went on the West Virginia trip this year, uh, and this was in early, mid-ish June, and uh, Erica and Dan and Ariel, they uh, were very hospitable uh, and kind of put up with us for a week and kind of helped us as we helped them, which was really cool. Um, the big takeaway for me, I think, uh, is, is just the enormous need there is for for these girls that are victims of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. It's, it's just, it's such a tremendous evil in this world. And uh, I, I think that the Lord has answers for evil in this world. And I think that the Zara House is part of that answer, uh, part of his answer to the evil that is human trafficking, sexual exploitation. And, you know, another encouraging thing for me was just how sold out Erica, Dan, and the whole team were uh, with this purpose and with this job. And it was just so encouraging for me because, you know, to, to see you guys exactly where the Lord wants you to be, doing exactly what the Lord wants you to do is super, just super encouraging for someone like me who's still, you know, trying to figure that out and trying to figure out what God's purpose for my life is. And to see you guys doing exactly what he wants you to do was really cool. And, and that's, that's really stuck with me since, uh, uh, since June. But overall, it was just, it was, a, it was a bigger blessing to me than I think it was to you guys. Maybe not, I don't know. Uh, we'll call it even, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so, but yeah, it was just really enriching, really rewarding, eye-opening, and uh, just encouraging overall. Cool. Hey, good morning. My name is John, Justin Murray, and I had the pleasure of leading the, uh, the Alaska trip. And <clears throat> i tell you what, Petersburg, Alaska, it's in, uh, it's in southeast Alaska. It's, uh, it's a little island, um, so they're... Uh, only way to, to get there is by boat or by plane. So, uh, so it's a very isolated island. Um, so it leads to a lot of uh, depression, addiction. Uh, we were able to, uh, to help out with a lot of that stuff. They're, they're starting a program similar to what our Restore Green is. So we were able to kind of help, help get that, um, you know, some ideas in their head to, uh, to get that moving. And, but one of the biggest reasons that we're there is, is they, 
we're there. We're, it's over Fourth of July is, is when the trip is, and it's that it's that for a specific reason. Is they they, they love the Fourth of July there, and uh, they have this huge festival, and they allow the church. They they shut down the entire town, but it's for the church to uh, to host this festival for the for the town of Petersburg and and for the for the children there, especially it's uh, it's like their week at the beach. It's their county fair, um, you know, and it's just simple things like a, you know a pie eating contest, watermelon eating contest, water games, dance parties, you know, stuff that we we truly probably take for granted most of the time here. Uh, they uh, that that is their moment of the year that they uh, that they truly enjoy and they truly look forward to and um, you know it's not just that they had uh, they had about eight feet of snow at one time there this year and uh, it actually doesn't snow that much in southeast Alaska you that when you think of Alaska you think a lot of the snow but it actually doesn't snow there a whole lot but this past year they had uh, about eight feet of snow and so what that does is uh, you know it, it's a lot of destruction. And we had the opportunity to help, you know, fix the church and and uh, some other properties as well. And uh, it was just good to just be able to uh, to help those folks do that. Good morning. I'm uh, Matt O'Driscoll. I was the team leader um, to the to Columbia, Chris Olinko. We just watched the video, and um, Chris McCready went with us, and uh, two other folks that actually don't go to Legacy anymore, former members. Um, as I was thinking of, of what I might say, luckily I was uh, down the line. Um, so we first went in 2018, and I'm very much a planner. I like to know exactly what we're going to do, exactly what, you know, what, what are the plane flight numbers, you know, all that, all that info. And um, mission trips in general are nothing like that, but especially um, to, <laughs> to Columbia, um, Semper Gumby was, was our always flexible was our motto, so, um, and, and so what, what struck me about the, all the trips to Columbia is they're always different, and it's because they're taking us to where God is moving, um, and so, you know, you think like, oh, we're gonna, so this trip, what was nice was we did see some of the same people that we, we saw in 2019, so it was, it was good to catch up with them and, and see how God is moving in their life, um, the indigenous tribes are very much um, extended families, so there's grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and kids everywhere and dogs everywhere, and, and you know there are lots of houses and and they live on subsistence um, farming, and then they'll they'll trade um, coffee beans to um, Chrysalinko. That's one of their ministries is they give them a fair price for their coffee beans. Um, and so this, it, I was really encouraged to hear on the video, this was the first time I heard it, that, that the families that, that we visited um, were not persecuted after we left. That was one of the things we were very concerned about was that the, the leaders would suss out that we, we weren't there just to learn about their culture and that we were you know, actual missionaries and, and that they would be persecuted after we left. And then I was doubly encouraged to hear that they, they visited um, the Crisolinco campus in Pueblo Bejo because it was a 12-hour a mule ride, a three-hour cross-country road, terrible road, and then two hours on the highway to get to that village. And so for them to be able to make it there for a week is, is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I just... 
working where, where God is moving and, and they're very in tune with, with the indigenous there. And that, that opportunity was, was a pop-up that, that came to their knowledge like a week before we got there. Um, in fact, I remember getting a text from Brandon saying, um, can your team walk? And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I was like, well, sure, we can walk. And he was like, well, it's like a 12-hour hike. And I was like, yeah, we got this. Well, we barely had it. So. <laughs> um, but I never really thought of missions as just giving encouragement to other Christians. But, um, but this, this previous trip really opened my eyes that, you know, when you, when you feel alone and, and potentially, you know, giving up your faith to just go with what's, what's easy, um, and then having these gringos from the United States show up to give you encouragement and spend a couple days with you um, just really meant a lot to them. That's great. So um, I'm Missy, and I went to Turkana, Kenya. Um, so the first thing is um, my heart, <laughs> my heart. I found um, just a love for people that I didn't know could be a love for not just um, the ones who are doing ministry there, but for the people and for the thing that they're doing. I, don't, I have this incredible love. I can't explain it any other way. Um, the other thing that I came away with is when you, like Neil said earlier, when you look at the scripture where the Lord says, um, go, you know, into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he says, um, he says, go um, to all the nations, right? And make disciples. So when I think of Bread of Life, they're doing that. Like sometimes we just go and we preach and then we lead people to themselves. Bread of Life goes and they preach the gospel and they go hut to hut. They just wander around. We did it one day. You just wander around till you find somebody. And you share. If they're a believer, you encourage them. If they're not, you share the gospel. But once you've done that, they have set up discipleship so that they can just recreate themselves. Um, I met such, such a one. His name is Mika. And um, he accepted Christ uh, in the first community in a little church. Um, but then Joel actually took him kind of under his wing at some point and discipled him. And now he, this year in January, is going to missionary school, and in a year will go out to, I don't know if I can say it or not, can I say it, Neil, where he's going? Yeah. He's going to South, South Sudan, and there will be 19 others who do this with him. And so they go and they intentionally disciple. It's, I remember when Mika was sharing his testimony with me, he said that at age 14, he gave his life to the Lord. And I thought that's so different from here. We talk about when we were saved, but we don't talk about when we laid our life down and we're willing to do anything for the cause of Christ. And that's what they're doing. You know, they've laid aside their privileges, all their privileges. They could have privileges just like us. They don't have to live where they live and go without water and go with little food and little clothing. They know the things that they can have, but they choose to lay them aside to take the gospel where the gospel hasn't gone. And my, my heart just loves them. I don't know how to say it any other way. That's awesome. So keep the mic. Okay. Um, in 30 seconds, we gotta get oh, the people wow. to lunch. Um, <laughs> we, we, in 30 seconds, I wanna hear from all of you uh, why somebody should go to where you went. You should go to Kenya because God tells you to. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> 
And, um, and because he tells you not to be afraid, like Neil was talking about, he said, I am. He told Moses, I am. When they ask who sent you, say, I am sent, sent you. And when he says, well, who am I that I should go? He didn't say who he was. He didn't tell him that his mom put him in a little, a little boat and put him in the water because she saw something in him. He said, I will be with you. And that's the reason. Because you're supposed to, and he'll be with you. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I would just say, um, uh, don't let language, uh, what a perceived language barrier stop you. Um, it, what's amazing to me when, when you go to these other countries, it's, it's like visiting a brother or sister in Christ. And um, they're so happy to see you. And, you know, you're speaking the same language the, of the love of Christ. And um, that supersedes all the others. Um. You know, Alaska is one of those places that's on a lot of people's bucket list. But I would, uh, you know, truly pray and uh, have the Lord lay that on your heart. Um, it's not just a, uh, it's not just a sightseeing trip. It's, uh, it's that you're there to serve the Lord. And Nathan and his team in Petersburg, they are. I was telling Neil, and um, if you if you took him and his team and and served him here at Legacy or at Etland, you know, it would be a perfect fit. Like that's just how well that we, uh, we work together up there. And um, if, you just, if you're ready to experience a um, uh, God in, a, in one of the most uh, isolated parts of our country, it's probably the place for you. Uh, Missy totally stole my answer too. Uh, Jesus told us to, that's why. No, uh, uh, just from a practical sense, I think um, you know, these, these mission trips are viewed as, as sacrifices and they, they are from a human perspective, from a practical perspective, they are sacrifices. You're sacrificing your time and a lot of instances, your money, but the Lord has something there for you is, is what, uh, you, you know, it's maybe not something you realize or think of or consider until you actually go and, and do it. But the Lord has something so rich for you there, or at least he did for me. And, uh, you know, the impact that you're having is an eternal impact. So that's awesome. All right. To sum up here. Can you guys tell me uh, like what the future looks like for um, your area, your ministry? What's next? What's coming? Okay. What um, are the details that we don't know? Details. Uh, yeah, so a big thing for us, which you all can be praying for, we'd appreciate it, is uh, staffing. Um, this kind of work is more of a calling than it is just a nine to five job. Um, not a lot of people are like, hey, let me go work in a safe house because um, it's really uh, difficult. Um, you know, the trauma that these women have been through um, is severe. And so that can be intimidating for people. But, um, you know, the, the, the Lord has it, you know, and like I'm technically not qualified to be there either you know, but God qualifies us. So, um, but be praying for staff for us and for the right fit. Um, uh, that, that's huge. That's our biggest prayer right now. Um, also coming up next, we have our big fundraiser in Georgia next week, uh, next Friday. So y'all can be praying for that. Um, there's more info. We have a little table out in the, what do you call that? Lobby thingy? Lobby, foyer. Foyer. Front room. Um, <laughs> Yes, so <clears throat> out there, um, we have a table and there's more info um, about us and uh, about the, the silent auction and things. Um, the beautiful part about our fundraiser is you can support from anywhere because we're doing a silent auction with some really cool things that 
I want to win all of them, but I can't. Um, so, yeah, and if, you know, be praying about the trip coming up in May. Um, if the Lord would lead you, it's, uh, it's an incredible experience for all involved, honestly. Um, so, yeah, a, a big thing, a big way you can support Zara House is prayer. Uh, the work we do, we are fighting against evil. Like, there's no other way to put it. Um, this is very dark evil work, not what we're doing. We're bringing the light, obviously, but um, with that comes a lot of opposition. So be praying for for that, for God to bring the staff because um, we get asked all the time, when are we gonna be open? Because the need is so, so great, um, unfortunately, um, for, for this home. And our home is, what I didn't say is, uh, we'll have four women in our home, so four residents and then two staff. But we really want to keep it that small, like family atmosphere and just love and um, show them the love of Christ, you know, in everyday practical ways. Um, so just be praying for, for us as we go these next steps and just do what we feel the Lord is calling us to do on his timeline, mm-hmm. not our own. So awesome. that part's tricky too. So. Okay. Yeah, for uh, Bread of Life, um, We've uh, kind of, as Neil talked about, we, we built a mission base and uh, now the next step is to go to the next village um, down the road and, and plant a church there. And uh, as, as Miss alluded to, they're uh, building a, um, a missionary training center uh, in Namariat right now. And so that's, um, that's gonna open in January. And then we're hoping the team that gets trained there will be able to go to South Sudan. And we've sent missionaries to South Sudan before, hasn't gone great, <laughs> uh, went a lot better than it could have. Uh, and so we're excited about pioneering that new area and then further out uh, into Kana as well. And so um, the goal is just to continue to, to go where God's uh, choosing to bless and where uh, he's already at work. And so uh, for, for uh, prayers and for the future of Bread of Life, please be pray- praying for the missionaries that are gonna be starting um, you know, that discipleship school in January and for that class and be praying for the people that they're gonna be reaching out to um, here coming up next year. And um, if God puts it on your heart, you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks guys, give it up for these guys. You can go back to your seats. <laughs> Sorry, you can. No, no, you can leave, whatever. Do what you want. Um, so one of the things that we uh, search for in the van, y'all can go ahead and head this direction. Uh, when we establish mission partners, um, probably the biggest thing that we look for in a partnership is somebody who's doing uh, missions, who's doing outreach while we're not there. Because if you just take a short-term trip into an area and leave and there's no follow-up, uh, many times there's kind of this uh, you know, disconnect. You know, People might not continue on in their faith. They might not know what it looks like to take the next step. So one of the biggest things that we look for is a partner who uh, is doing missions uh, while we're not there. And I wanna tell you one quick story as I'm wrapping up um, that started a few years ago, back in 2019. Uh, I was on Legacy's first uh, mission team to Kenya. And we, when we went there, there's this one specific um, village where the Joel and the team, they were praying about, um, you know, they, they had gotten uh, connected there and there was a little bit of favor going on with the elders of that village. And um, 
and bread of life. And so they were praying, hey, uh, let's see if we can build a church here and continue on this, uh, this, this ministry. And so when our team was there, we sent uh, the team to this village. And Joel, that specific day, him and a couple other Bread of Life leaders were going to meet with the elders of that village. And they were gonna you know, present the idea of building a church and see if they would give them permission to build a church and continue the ministry. So um, while that was taking place, our team split up and you know, we sent like an American person with a couple Kenyans and we would go around that village and evangelize the people. We would find groups of people and tell them about Jesus and get to know them a little bit. And so I was with this, this guy, we call him Little Mika because he's, there are two Mikas and he's the younger of the two. So Little Mika and I, we went to this group and there was this, uh, these two ladies who um, literally on the site that we were praying about the church being built, they were sitting there and we talked to them and they gave their life to Christ and it was awesome. And then we went on to this next uh, a group of people kind of in that same area. And there were these two ladies and uh, this kid and um, everybody's sitting down. So we, we sit down with them and I'm kind of behind the, the ladies and the kid is on the other side of them and kind of behind them too. And he was looking my direction and he just was staring. I mean, this blank stare, this death glare. And I'm telling you, it, like right away, I knew there was something demonic with his gaze. Like I've never experienced that firsthand before. I've read about things like this, but it was the first time that I'd experienced that. But I knew without any translation that there was something demonic going on with this kid. So Mika's talking with, with the ladies and then uh, what he shares is that the ladies told, him, told, me, told them uh, that this kid sits and stares all day and at nighttime he gets up and just starts running wild through the village. And they said that there's some sort of evil possession in him. And so these ladies weren't Christians. They just knew something evil was going on with him. So what we did <laughs> by the authority of the gospel, we prayed uh, and commanded that demon to come out of this kid. And so we're praying and a couple minutes goes by and this kid all of a sudden in the snap of a fingers uh, literally stands up and starts blinking and smiles and he comes around and introduces himself to all of us. And this kid, another part of who he was, he was mute that whole time as well. And this had been going on for months. Like for months, he had been mute, sitting, staring all day, and running wild at nighttime. And in the snap of a fingers, as we were commanding this demon to flee from this kid, he wakes up, blinks, stands up, and comes and introduces himself. And, and, and then those ladies were like, uh, all right, well, we'll, we'll serve whoever you're talking to. So, so they came to know Christ. Yeah, super cool. So that was in 2019. Fast forward to 2022. I was on our team this year as well. We go back to that village and I'm with Mika and I'm, I'm like, Mika, do you remember a few years ago we were, we ministered to this area and there's that kid and you know, this demon came out of him and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid will be here. And, and so we go and uh, this kid now, after three years of, of like, this is during the COVID time frame, so no teams had gone there. This kid was now one of the most prominent Christian men in this village, has been walking with the Lord. And that right there is a testimony to Bread of Life, that, that partnership, to see like, we haven't been there, other teams haven't been there, and this kid has gone from, uh, you know, being freed from that, the 
possession of that demon to walking with the Lord, being discipled by the Bread of Life missionaries. And man, let me tell you, that's just one story of many within Bread of Life, of many within Chris Alinko, of much of what's going on with our West Virginia partnership. And that's one of the biggest things. And with partnerships, we take very seriously what it means to partner, right? We don't just partner with everybody who comes to us. We uh, pray before the Lord. We, you know, meet with our elders and we discuss this. And so uh, there, there are other partnerships that are kind of in uh, limbo right now that we're praying about, but that's why right now we have our three partnerships, uh, Columbia, West Virginia, and Kenya. And let me tell you, these guys are doing ministry and it is awesome. And we have that authority. And here's where I'm going to tie all of this together. When I said at the beginning that we're all called to participate in global missions in some fashion, here's how we're all called to participate. Because we're not all called to go, right? We're not all going to go uh, onto the mission field in Africa. We're not all going to go onto the, into the jungles of Colombia, uh, though many will. And I would encourage you to be in prayer about what that might look like for you. Not everybody will, but we're all called to participate. Participate, and here's how we do that. One, some of us are called to, to, to pray. And I'm talking like called to pray. I don't take the word calling lightly. When I say calling, I mean like the Lord has knit our heart in a way that we can uh, go before the Lord for uh, long periods of time on behalf of our ministry partners, on behalf of the teams that are being sent. So some of us are called to pray. Some of, some of us are called to give. And again, that word calling, I believe that the Lord has, has postured the heart of some people to give in a way that's not like, you know, here's 20 bucks or here's 100 bucks to go towards your mission, your mission trip. I'm saying like when a, when a mission partner says, hey, we're building a church in this area and we're trying to get funding, the Lord has postured your heart to be able to say, hey, I'm going to pay for that whole building. <laughs> or when somebody comes and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, to West Virginia on a mission trip, um, trying to raise some money, the Lord has postured your heart to say, hey, I'm called to give to missions, so here I'm gonna pay for your trip. <laughs> you know, I believe that some of us are really called, like I've given to missions, and I've, when people ask me, hey, I'm, I'm going on a mission trip, I've given, but I think that the Lord has postured some of, some of our hearts and positioned us in a place that when somebody is raising money for something uh, connected to our partners, something connected to somebody in our church going on a mission trip, we can actually fully fund something like that. So, so I think that we're all called to missions to, in different ways, right? We're all called to local missions in different ways. We're all called to global missions in different ways. But as a church, we can rally around our mission partners by praying, we can rally around them by giving, and we can ra rally around them by going. And that same authority that Jesus talked about, that all of the authority that was given to him on heaven and on earth, that's the authority that backs us when we pray for missions. That's the authority that backs us when we give towards missions. That's the authority that backs us when we go on these trips. And here's the deal, guys, no matter what happens, right, our partners are out there, they're serving, they're doing their thing. We have the ability to participate in what's going on. So let's pray <laughs> and let's ask the Lord uh, over the course of the next few months how we might be uh, called to participate, right? What is it that the Lord wants me to do uh, in light of global missions? So all of these trips, you have the, the handouts on your seats. 
the deadline to apply for these trips is Christmas. So you have now till Christmas to pray through, should I be the one that goes, right? And you have now till Christmas to pray, uh, how am I gonna participate in the, uh, you know, going on behalf of the Lord for these teams? And you have now until Christmas and beyond to, to pray and ask God, what level of giving would he lay on my heart to help resource people to go and participate on these mission trips. So let's pray.